And we're back after a little bit of a break. Um, David, what are you talking about today? Today we are talking about Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Um, now, did you know who Ant-Man was before this movie? I think I did. Was he on Superhero Squad at all? I don't think so. I don't even remember if I knew who Ant-Man was before then. Because I think yeah. I had like, a comic that had Ant-Man in him, but I don't know if I ever cared or remembered. I mean, I'm pretty sure I knew he was a shrinking guy. <laughs> what about Paul Rudd, the guy that plays Ant-Man in this? Did you know him from anything? I think we were watching Friends at this time, but I don't think we started watching the stuff that he was in until... Yeah, because he didn't come in until the last two or three seasons of Friends. I don't remember if we got that far before uh, this before we watched Ant-Man for the first time. But that, I know that would be a, an early connection. That if not before Ant-Man came out, then probably soon mm-hmm. after it, we uh, we got to those episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think about Paul Rudd? Do you like him? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty funny? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I like him a lot. Yes. Uh, I've liked him since uh, since he married Phoebe <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> on Friends, and um, just yeah, he's been in a lot of other comedies that I uh, just always find him really amusing. So I was uh, I was glad to like I'm not a big Ant Man fan, but you know I am a big. You're a fan, fan of this Ant Man. I'm a fan of well, I'm a fan of Marvel movies, and I'm a fan of Paul Rudd. So I, I was looking forward to it just because yeah, you know it's Paul Rudd in a Marvel movie playing you know the main character. And uh, it just seemed like it could be. Th- there's a lot of potential for for comedy and good stuff and, and good stuff, right? Uh, I don't really want to go through all the characters one by one in this, but let's just talk about just in general. Like, what are, what is to be your favorite characters or moments? Uh, well, we have to talk about Ant Man mm-hmm. first. Which version? I was thinking Paul Rudd, but okay. yeah, yeah, I guess there are two Ant Man. <laughs> this movie, but I mean, he's an ex con and. He's trying to get out of being a criminal, quote-unquote. Right. He's like, my days of breaking into place and stealing stuff are done. What do you want me to do? I'm going to break into a place and steal some stuff. Right. So. <laughs> they didn't say exactly that. Yeah, one. you may have PG'd that up a little bit. but Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, So, but there was this previous Ant-Man uh, played by... An actor named Michael Douglas. Did you know Michael Douglas from anything? No. Yeah. Maybe I did, but I don't remember. I can't think of what it would be, but maybe. Ant-Man. Yeah. And Michael <laughs> Douglas is played a character named Hank Pym, mm-hmm. who is the original Ant-Man in Marvel Comics. Yes. And then there is a, a second Ant-Man uh, named Scott Lang, and that's who Paul Rudd is playing. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of neat that they kind of built this kind of legacy into it, where they, they kind of... Show you some footage of the Hank Pym Ant-Man in action, mm-hmm. right? Back in the 70s, and he's running around yeah. with his wife, who's Janet Van Dyne. And we don't actually see her face. No. Because we learned she had gone missing, and they had a daughter named Hope. Yep. And because Janet had gone missing, Hank was being very protective of Hope. And uh, was not letting her do everything he, she wanted to do, not letting her help him. So she was kind of resentful. She starts off kind of mean. Okay. Then you understand that she kind of has a reason to be mean. Sure, yeah. And then she becomes nicer as it goes on. Yeah. She holds she's, a- not very too, she's not too fond of Hank, uh, Scott right. at the thing in the movie. And why is that? Because he's a replacement. For her, I, guess. Sort of, like, I, I don't really get it. I mean, I, I she just doesn't like him. 
That's what I kind of got. <laughs> well, yeah, so Hank needs somebody to kind of take his place and do some stuff. And Hope is like, okay. why can't it be me? Yeah, he's entrusting a complete... He's a criminal and a stranger to his secret technology that everyone wants. Right, so yeah, so she resents Scott a little bit because it seems like he's getting to do everything she wants to do. Yeah. And then at some point, you know, Scott points out because he's a dad and uh, he kind of can relate to what Hank is going through. And so he just kind of kind of tells her from the dad perspective why Hank is doing what he's doing. And it doesn't make it necessarily right. And it's not that she, you know, is suddenly like in full agreement about it, but at least you know, he kind of helps her just see that, that side of it. But I don't think that situation really gets fixed until like the very, very end of the movie. <laughs> so Scott has uh, a, a daughter yeah, Casey. Uh, yeah, Casey. Cassie. Cassie. Yeah, and uh, and he's got an ex-wife, and uh, and then the ex-wife has married this uh, police officer named Paxton. Mm-hmm. Uh, always reminds me of our friend Paxton, Paxton Holly. Holly. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not because he acts like Paxton, but just because he has the same name, and it's not that common of a name. Like Cassie. Cassie. Yeah, she's yeah. super cute. And, oh, uh, he's so ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Right. <laughs> yeah, and she just she loves her dad and mm-hmm. uh, just wants you know to be with him and, and doesn't completely understand why she can't be all the time. And sweet. Yeah, very sweet. And it's uh, like you're trying to catch dad, aren't you? I hope you don't find him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think about Paxton? You know, I get why he's a jerk to Scott. Mm-hmm. At the game, because he's a cop and Scott's a ex-con, mm-hmm. but they they become closer by the end of the movie. Yeah, like at the beginning of the movie, like you you can't really tell why he's so upset with Scott. Like he has yeah. good reasons to be, but like you don't know is it just because Scott's kind of a screw up, which he is, mm-hmm. uh, or is there like some jealousy? Like he doesn't really want the ex-husband around. Like, you know, some of that going on and you you don't really know at first, but yeah. as the movie goes on, it kind of becomes clearer and he really just, just, the, he wants the best thing for Cassie and for Cassie's mom, Maggie. And, mm-hmm. uh, and if Scott can be a part of that in a productive, like healthy way, then Paxton's all for it. Mm-hmm. And is even willing to give him a break on some of the legal stuff, you know, to kind of, because he sees that Scott's trying and that Scott it has potential. So yeah, by the end of the movie, he's like, you know, a really cool character. Like really, really like him. Yeah. Even Especially though. in, uh, a man, the wasp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all these characters, you know, kind of become even cooler. I think in the, the next one, in the next a. one. Man. Yeah. Um, and then we do meet some of Scott's, uh, well, I guess his old cellmate, Luis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, Luis is working with a couple of other guys. He kind of he's trying to put this, this group together to kind of steal some stuff. <laughs> Scott doesn't yeah. want anything to do with it. But uh, anything you want to say about any of those three guys? They're wombats. What does that mean? Uh, Hanks, like cause Scott wants to bring them on board, and Hanks like not those three wombats. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's funny. You know, you know what a wombat is? It's an animal. Lives in like Australia. It's is marsupial. It, is it really? Is it a real animal? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's what I remember. I guess at you're least right. in my head. You know what I was getting them confused with? What was womp rats <laughs> from Star Wars? Oh, so yeah, wombat and womp rat are two different things. <laughs> yes, the more you know. 
Okay, and Luis, super funny. Yes. And especially the way he tells stories and the way the movie shows <laughs> him telling stories. Yes. What do they do? Like, they show the people, but they, everyone's talking in his voice and, like, kind of how the way he speaks. It's just really funny. Yeah. Especially Stan Lee. Yeah, but Stan Lee shows up. And I guess we should stop right here and just say, rest in peace, Stan Lee. Uh, yes. the first one of these we've recorded since Stan Lee passed away. And I don't know if you have any, any thoughts about that. He's one cool dude. Yeah, he was. He was. And it's amazing to me. Like, you know, I grew up knowing Stan Lee just because... I was a Marvel Comics fan, but you know, most other people like at my school and certainly like my parents and like just the general world didn't really know who Stan Lee was, but thanks to these movies and all the cameos that he did. And, um, it's just like the whole world knows who Stan Lee is. Like, you know, we turn on the TiVo and it has like these recommended, uh, programs for you to watch or whatever at the top. And, and one of them is like a Stan Lee memorial. You know, just like mm-hmm. something that's just kind of out there for people to watch. And yeah, it's just pretty amazing to me that, uh, you know, he did, you know, he co-created a lot of these really great characters, but just kind of became, a, you know, because his of his love for those characters and his love for comics and his love for fans. Um, like he was really instrumental in just kind of when you're reading a Marvel comic, whether you're reading the story itself. And because a lot of times like the captions will like talk directly to you as the reader um, or certainly if, if you're reading like the letters pages or um, some of the other material like was in the comic and if Stan was talking to you, you he's made you feel like a part of this community, a part of, part of this group. <laughs> and, uh, and he did that, you know, everywhere that he went and in <laughs> conventions or, or, you know, any kind of public appearances and even sort of the way in these cameos. And uh, he just kind of made you feel a part of it and, and that he was excited to be a part of it and excited for you to be a part of it. So he was just a really great kind of uh, ambassador, I guess, for comics. Mm-hmm. So I well, let's, let's talk about the villain a little bit. What do you think about uh, Darren Cross? He's crazy. <laughs> okay. He feels too crazy to really be able to, like, I can't really understand a lot of his motivations for some reason. Like I get what he's trying to do and I get why he's doing it. Yeah. I just don't understand why he is a person. He just doesn't feel like a person for some reason. He feels pretty crazy to be running this big company. Is that kind of what you're saying? I don't know. It's just when I'm watching him and feeling like he's insane. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he feels like, like his, his crazy personality would be more at home if he was like running a laboratory out of his garage or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or yeah, if he was working for like an evil organization, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to believe that he's actually, well, I guess I don't know. Like, (laughs) anyone uh, can run a company these days. And it's not like his company is this major, like, you know, multinational kind of global corporation or anything like that. But, uh, I don't think I'd want to work for a company that that guy ran. (laughs) No. And so you say you understand why he kind of, does what he does like can you explain well that? some on a level not okay. many levels okay. but on a singular level as in i understand he was trying to show a pank pin because yeah. right. Hank Pym was kind of a jerk to him we was a mentor right. a little bit yeah he always saw hank as a mentor like you said <laughs> hank was kind of you know a jerk to him he like he, he didn't trust alex and or darren yeah. darren Alex Cross is a whole other character. Uh, <laughs> he didn't trust Darren, and so he he kind of withheld from him, and and that just kind of pushed Darren's buttons even more. 
So now he feels like he's in competition with Hank and hmm. uh, is going to try at every opportunity to try to like beat Hank or accomplish things that Hank wasn't able to accomplish or whatever. He also feels just kind of evil just to be evil. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. I agree. Now I don't really get why he just kind of is just to be evil. Right. Right. Yeah, it's not like you can relate to him and go, oh, yeah, I guess if I was in his shoes, then I would do the, make the same decisions. Like, you probably wouldn't. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah. Because like, there was this one guy who was, like, had some constructive criticism for him. He was like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just going to use this prototype shrink ray that I know doesn't even work and kill you. Right. So that's the main characters and, and the main plot is that Hank is trying to stop Darren Cross from basically putting this technology out into the world because he knows that... Especially into Hydra, because that's who he's selling it to first. Mm, mm-hmm. But yeah, whoever gets it, like, I mean, Hank always protected it. He protected it from S.H.I.E.L.D. when he used to work with S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty cool flashback to uh, to S.H.I.E.L.D. So, like, those days um, where we get to see uh, Pe- Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. And, Howard Stark. And Howard Stark, right? And the one guy that no one remembers because he was introduced in this movie and was taken out in this movie. So, right. <laughs> right. but uh, so he's always Hank's always been protective of it and uh, doesn't want it to get out into the world because he knows that it could be a really powerful weapon and uh, especially in the wrong hands, so it, would, it could be really dangerous. So mm-hmm. that's uh, what he's trying to do, and he, and he can't do it himself anymore because the shrinking technology, as he says, kind of takes a toll on you. It, uh, you can't do it forever. And uh, so he's got to have a replacement come in and try to do it for him. And as we've already talked about, doesn't want Hope to do it. So he gets... Not yet, at least. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, he's got some stuff to work through before he's going to be okay with her doing it. Gotta give her lasers. (laughs) And wings. And wings. So what, what are your favorite parts of the movie? Favorite scenes? Uh, I guess like that training montage that... They ha- it's kind of where they're introducing him to all the things his suit can do and all his powers, essentially. Yeah. Like he's trying to jump through the keyhole of a door, like yeah. off big, jump through small, and emerge big on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and all the ants, too. Like right. The ants. Getting to know all the ants and what they can do. And <laughs> he usually gets freaked out by them and has to like <laughs> come back to giant size again. Yeah, which is funny when he's underground and he does <laughs> trying to control the ants with the sugar. Yes, that's pretty cool. The disc thingies—they like gross things and shrinks things. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Which turns out to be a lot of fun in some of the fights. Oh yes, I should talk about that final fight. Yeah, on the uh, the Thomas the train. <laughs> train set yeah <laughs> especially when uh, he accidentally misses with his growth ray and hits the town as the train and it just picks <laughs> a giant hole in the house and right and he's trying to get out of the way in this giant train yeah and he hits it hits an ant makes it giant yep cassie keeps it at the end of the movie. right yeah she's like, feeding it the table yeah i guess i like that van i mean like in a, like in a funny sense because and they always give themselves away by Yep. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. We say that a lot in our house. Yeah. 
It's just a funny movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and Luis is like my favorite part, I think, of it. <laughs> he's so funny. Like, I love how he wants to, like, he's going to go undercover, like, trying yeah. to get in the building, like, as a security guard. And he thinks he needs, like, a whole backstory and stuff. Like, I think my guy's the guy who whistles, <laughs> right? Is it whistling or yeah. I forget? Oh, uh, the Avengers raid. Yeah, they end up needing some technology that uh, is in a warehouse, mm-hmm. the abandoned warehouse, which is actually the Avengers headquarters. Right. Hank thinks Hank. it's uh, like an abandoned like shield warehouse. Yeah. But yeah, that the Avengers have taken it over and turned it into a, a new HQ. So there's a fight with um, who? Falcon. Yeah. Uh, it was cool to see ant-man go up against an avenger or guess an adventure in training yeah and it was fun to see like you know scott's like very apologetic like he doesn't want to be fighting him and it's cool because you like both of the people in the fight and you want scott to win because they need the thing that yeah. they're getting right yeah but. he just doesn't have time to explain it or doesn't think that sam is going to uh, to believe it Mm-hmm. Uh, once it is explained, so it's just yeah, just one of those situations, and it's it's fairly believable. Like you know, that happens a lot in comics where you have two heroes meet up and they have to fight before they understand that they're on the same side. But this was a particularly well done one. Like, there's a good reason for them to be fighting, and it's nice that like neither one of them is like trying to like murder the other one or anything. No. They're both just trying to accomplish what they need to accomplish. So uh, yeah, that worked out well. Oh, the Baskin Robbins scene—I really like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> the guy trying to order a burger. <laughs> I'll just have whatever is hot and fresh. <laughs> it's like this is an ice cream store, dude. <laughs> Nothing is hot. Yeah, we're gonna fire you, but uh, if you grab one of those mango blasts, <laughs> please, I look the other way. Yeah, yeah, his boss is really funny. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool crime. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And I like like Luis's reaction when he hears the story. He says, "Yeah, Baskin Robbins always finds out." <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, okay, what about let's talk about connections then? Um, we've already touched on a couple of things that are connections, but, but let's kind of spell them out. So, what the, what connects this movie to other movies in the Marvel universe? Well, he fights the an Avenger right. and. That kind of gets him on Falcon's radar. Right. So well, later on in Civil War, mm-hmm. when uh, they're looking for guys to help out Captain America's team, Sam says, hey, I know a guy. Yep. In fact, and that's get, actually the end credit scene. Yeah, we get a little oh. teaser of that. Um, and then as we talked about, we, we saw like the flashback to S.H.I.E.L.D., um, like the early days, like the 70s. Uh, mm-hmm. So Peggy Carter and Howard Stark, they kind of transitioned over from the ssr to shield yeah. but they're still very involved nick fury wasn't in that scene was he no yeah so he must have been doing something in the field well was he always the director of shield no i don't so, think so because I, I felt like that was the early days of shield when... yeah so maybe he wasn't part of it yet yeah i don't know anything else any other connections there's not a ton of uh, no it's kind of by itself yeah really I mean, stuff that will obviously will lead into uh, the next Ant-Man movie, but we can talk about that then. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, it was kind of a standalone. It was, I don't know if you know this story, but it was developed by a writer-director who's quite famous and quite funny and is very good. And uh, he kind of pitched it to Marvel um, as like its own separate project, and they they accepted it. Um, but then somewhere during the process, and I don't know the, any of the details about like what this was about, but basically there are creative differences and... Uh, they fired the guy who kind of developed the whole thing and they brought in other people to kind of 
I think they still used a lot of his script, but they reworked it a little bit, hired a different director. But the whole idea of it being like kind of a comedy, like a superhero comedy, mm-hmm. that, that all kind of went back to this other director. That and I think because of that too is why it's, it is very standalone, even though certainly it is connected, as we've talked about. So let's uh, let's rank it in with our other movies. You need me to run down your list again? Go for it. Okay, we got 11 of them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yours goes from 1 through 11. The Avengers, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy, First Avenger, Age of Ultron, Iron Man 2, Iron Man, Winter Soldier, Dark World, Thor. Above First Avenger. Wait, wait. Hmm. So I'm trying to remember how much I liked First Avenger. Yeah. I know I like it, but do I like it more or less than Ant-Man? Yeah, sure, above First Avenger. Okay, so after Guardians might, of the Galaxy. Yeah, might might change it later on. But. Okay, and then Alex Cross. Darren Cross. Darren Cross, thank you. <laughs> Who is Alex Cross? Alex Cross is, um, I think he's like an FBI agent or something like that in, in these, okay. these kind of mystery novels. Or maybe he's a police detective, I don't remember what his deal is. There's been a couple of movies based on him, but that's just stuck in my head for some reason. Okay. But yeah, Darren Cross, where does he go? Can you... Oh, let me read the list? Okay. So yeah. from top to bottom, uh, Loki, Ultron, Whiplash... Red Skull, Abomination, Ronan, Alexander Pierce, Obadiah Stane, Aldrich Killian, Malekith. Under Alexander Pierce. Okay. But above Obadiah Stane? Uh, under Obadiah Stane. Okay. Under Obadiah Stane, but above Aldrich Killian. Yes. There you go. Okay. I think maybe let's start ranking the heroes. All right. We'll have some to catch up on here. But... Uh, <laughs> So let's go between the Hulk and Iron Man. Who do you like better? Hulk. Where would Ant-Man go in that order? Under Hulk, above Iron Man. And then Captain America. Under Ant-Man, above Iron Man. Thor. Under Ant-Man, above Captain America. Black Widow. That one's really hard. (laughs) Under Hulk, above Ant-Man. Okay. And Hawkeye? Under Hulk, above Black Widow. Wow. Star-Lord. Hmm. Above Captain America. But below Thor? Yes. Okay. Gamora? You know what? Under Captain America. But above Iron Man? Yeah. Okay. Rocket? Uh, above Black Widow, under Hawkeye. Groot? Under Hulk. Drax? Currently under Iron Man. That might change in Volume 2. Okay. Currently under Iron Man. At the bottom. And, you know, let's put the TV characters in here, too. Okay. Um, so, Agent Carter... Uh, above Drax. Under Iron Man, above Drax? Yeah. Okay. And Daredevil? Above Drax. Just above Drax. But under Agent Carter? Yeah. Alright, so your current hero ranking goes Hulk, Groot, Hawkeye, Rocket Raccoon, Black Widow, Ant-Man, Thor, Star-Lord, Captain America, Gamora, Iron Man, Agent Carter, Daredevil, and Drax the Destroyer. Okay. Flop Iron Man, put Iron Man right above Star Lord. Okay. So it's going to go. I was just remembering Iron Man 3 existed and <laughs> all the things of Iron Man that existed. Yeah. Remember? It okay. was like, I don't want to put Iron Man so close to the bottom. So. Yeah. Okay. So now out of 14, Iron Man is number 8 and Thor is number 7. Yes. Sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. And what about villains? Do we want to stick in like Kingpin in here somewhere? 
Sure. Where would you put Kingpin? Right above Ronan. But under Abomination. Under Abomination, yes. All right. Okay, so my movies, Ant-Man is going to go, let's see here. It's rough. It is rough. Um, I know. But I think I'm going to put Ant-Man at number eight, uh, below Iron Man and above Age of Ultron. Okay. So my movies go Avengers, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man 3, First Avenger, Iron Man 2, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Age of Ultron, Dark World, Thor, Incredible Hulk. And for my villains, so I need to add in Darren Cross and Kingpin. Darren Cross, I feel like that's the easier one. Um, yeah. He's one of my least favorites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to actually put him at number 10, below Malekith and above Killian. And the only reason he goes above Killian is because I do like the Yellow Jacket outfit. Like I, think I do, too. cool look. Yeah. Now, if we had Obadiah in the Yellow Jacket, he'd be much higher up. <laughs> right. That reminds me of another of my favorite things about Ant-Man is the, the fight between Yellow Jacket um, and Ant-Man when it's in the helicopter. That's right. Oh, yeah. And they the start accidentally case. playing. Yeah, they start playing The Cure. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he says something about disintegrate. Yeah, disintegrate you. Yeah, and Siri says, okay, playing The Cure, disintegration. Kingpin is rougher, um, but I am going to put him... I think at number four. So my list goes Loki, Red Skull, Whiplash, Kingpin, Obadiah Stane, Ultron, Ronan, Alexander Pierce, Abomination, Malekith, Darren Cross, Aldrich Killian. All right. And my heroes... Probably more time to think about this than I did. Well, not really. I wasn't really thinking about it. Oh. (laughs) Uh, uh, So Hulk over Groot... Groot over Hawkeye. Rocket above all of those. Black Widow will go above all of those. Ant-Man between Hulk and Groot. Thor. Mm. He's number one or number two. Thor versus Black Widow. Wow. Ooh, that's hard. Yeah, but Black Widow just slightly yeah. ahead of Thor. Iron Man uh, right behind Thor above Rocket. Star-Lord between Iron Man and Rocket. Captain America, he might be number one. Gamora, she's pretty far down. So no heroes that you dislike, really. Really, I don't think... There really aren't. There really aren't. That's, that's true for me, too. Yeah. I'm trying to decide who I like between, better between Gamora and Hawkeye. I think Hawkeye might get a little bit of the edge just because of Age of Ultron. The thing is, Hawkeye doesn't get a lot of screen time. Yeah. But when he does get screen time, it's really good. So Agent Carter, she's way up there, man. She's yeah. way, way up there. She might be my favorite, actually. Yeah, I think I'm putting her in number one. Daredevil, I'll put him before Gamora and Drax. Uh, so Drax is totally going to go up once we get to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I know, yeah. <laughs> but as of right now, I'll put him right behind. I'll put him last, actually. So, um, All right, so my final... Heroes list as of right now goes Asia Carter, Captain America, Black Widow, Thor, Iron Man, Star Lord, Rocket, Hulk, Ant Man, Groot, Hawkeye, Daredevil, Gamora, Drax. All right, I think that'll do it for Ant Man then. And uh, what do you, what should people do? Uh, keep learning the mats. 